0: This is episode number 454 with J.P. Sears. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome everyone to the School of Greatness today. I hope you're having an amazing day. We've got J.P. Sears in the house, and he is known for his hilarious videos on YouTube and Facebook called Awaken with J.P. Hundreds of millions of views all over the place online, and they continue to just blow up. He is a holistic coach, practitioner, and started doing these videos to really share his own personal humor to let himself out and to let himself be more creative in the world. And he was kind of doing them for fun and they really took off. I mean, people fell in love with them. So he developed a character that allowed him to share his voice in a unique way. And he's got a new book out called How to Be Ultra Spiritual, 12 and a Half Steps to Spiritual Superiority. And we have a lot of fun in this interview, but we also take things A little more seriously at certain points as well, so uh, I think you're gonna like this one. You know, I had a lot of fun with JP. He's a good dude. We just connected for the first time, and I I really enjoy his message, his his way of being, and his ability to bring humor in healing. And some of the things we cover on today's episode are. If JP wishes, he'd started making funny videos sooner because he was making kind of more serious videos, how-to videos for years before he started and his response to that. Also, why numbing out from life is so painful. The reason JP decided to start using humor to help heal people, what the source of true power is and where it comes from, and the role of spirituality and religion to make us question And think deeper. Again, I think there's something powerful in humor, especially when we're suffering or going through challenging times in our lives. I believe that humor allows us to make light of certain situations. You know, certain situations uh, deserve a uh, a non-light manner and certain time, but also sometimes we can get in our own head and we can get in our own way and we can allow this challenging times is suffering to hold us back from moving forward into who we're meant to be so i'm very excited about this one i really hope you guys enjoy this make sure to check out the full show notes at lewishouse.com slash four five four and without further ado let me introduce to you the one and only jp sears We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. Super pumped about our guest today. J.P. Sears in the house. Good to see you, man. Lewis, so good to see you, brother. Very excited. The uh, The Buddha is staring down on us right now and making sure that we're protected, Yeah, that we are fully uh, enlightened, and we're going to share some great wisdom today. Yeah. So you, know, excited, you know, when I
2: walked into this room, it's a beautiful room, by uh-huh. the way, and I just felt this massive push against me mm. it was just like this energy field and i thought it was you <laughs> and that was a mistake it's obviously the orange the buddha. buddha yes in the tradition of the school of greatness that's I love it. it
0: that's it man uh you got a new book out called how to be ultra spiritual Twelve and a Half steps not 12 not 13 12 and a half steps to spiritual superiority and i'm very excited about this a funny funny book um meant to be more humor, right? Not really meant to teach as much as more to bring light to certain things. Is that correct? Well, I would. here's my biased point of view. Yes.
2: It, I like to share my perspectives through the language of humor. So using humor, comedy, I mean, to me, certainly one of the purposes of the book is experience the levity of laughter. I think we all take ourselves too seriously. But also my deeper intention is for me, uh, deeper messages to be delivered through the language of humor. So a couple of those messages that I've intended to be embedded in the book, and that's always for the reader to determine sure, are those sure. messages actually in it. I the beholder kind of thing, right? But I love to advocate for people to let go of that, which served you that no longer serves you. Uh, just like we take in a breath and we let it go as soon as it stops serving us. So we can bring in a fresher breath mm. And then I love to advocate for people to be unapologetically their true self. And that's another deeper message that I've intended to be uh, in the humor.
0: Sure, sure. Would you say that this humorous self of you is really your true self?
2: No, I would say it's definitely a part of my true self. I think, uh, you know, sometimes people get confused. They're like, oh, JP, I watched your comedy videos. And then I saw you have like these serious videos and i'm confused by you are you are you uh, a comedian or are you serious and my answer is yes and you know there there are two parts that help make the whole of me and right. to me it's just like asking do you have a right hand or a left hand it's like well i have both and to me part of the beauty of life and i think my journey of being as much myself as I possibly can in any right. given moment is to be dynamic. You know, which which aspect of me am I in touch with in any given moment? Uh, sometimes it's the humorous aspect of me. Sure. Sometimes it's the very sincere aspect of me. And other times like it's a vulnerable aspect or a, a sad hurt part of me.
0: Mm, mm.
2: So to me, really kind of like mental health and I think more like heart health is being able to be very true to the aspect of ourself in our inner being that's needing our attention in that moment.
0: Sure. Okay. Cool. Well, you're from Ohio, right? From Bowling Green. Man, they say all enlightened people are from Ohio. Would you argue with that? <laughs> Speaking my language, baby. Speaking
2: my language. <laughs> I think it was Buddha that said that. Is it right. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, the silent monk said that. Right. He man, he says so much. I stopped listening. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> Um, from Bowling Green area and you actually became certified as a life coach in Columbus, Ohio, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that was what, 15 years ago?
2: That was that. Yeah. I've been doing life coaching for about 15 years, maybe a little over at this point. So yeah, way back when I got certified, a uh, beautiful organization called journeys of wisdom, definitely, you know, abs, you know, abstract artsy fartsy sure. in the most grounded way possible at the same time. But yeah, I connected with a very powerful mentor mm. in that organization, John McMullen. Uh really changed my life, aside from really arming me with professional tools to uh help people help themselves yeah. find more meaning in their life, heal their heart, uh step into their greatness if yep. I don't get sued for sure. copyright infringement. good. Sure? <laughs> yeah, okay. well, let me have you sign this waiver. <laughs> um but also uh doing the life coach training made a huge impact on my life. Mm. You know, I, I rocked up to the the courses very arrogant, saying, like, I want to help other people because they need help. And, of course, yes, we all have room for upgrades. But I quickly became humbled, realizing I'm projecting my need for healing onto other people because I didn't know how to identify it for myself I didn't know how to be vulnerable enough to realize like wow I'm really compromised inside I've got pain in my heart I've got issues that are just numbed out so I didn't even know they were there so you know my desire to help other people kind of led me on a gluten-free breadcrumb trail into my own heart Um, so I'm very grateful Mm. that I spent some time being arrogant enough to just think like oh I'm just so put together let me just be the beacon of light for other people.
0: And how old were you during this?
2: I was, let's see, I was 20 when I started the journey of helping myself and helping other people.
0: Wow, okay. What was the biggest pain you were trying to overcome or that you realized you needed to overcome?
2: I would, and it took me a while to realize it, to Mm -hmm. be honest with you, but I would say numbness. I think, uh, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this, Mm -hmm. but I find when we're physically numb, psychologically numb, it's the most tormenting experience we can have, Uh, you know, and I think it's paradox because it's like paradoxical. It's so painful that we don't feel the pain that we're in. And it's like a lot of us can relate. Like if you've fallen asleep, you wake up in the middle of the night, been laying on your arm, it's like, Oh, this is numb. Like it's like unnerving or you sit on the toilet scrolling Facebook too long. It's like, Oh, now my legs are numb. Um, But that was my being. I was just numb because as a child, teenager, I didn't know how to process my emotions. So just, I think at a very unconscious level, I would disconnect and I'd have the illusion like, oh, my pain's not there because I don't feel it. But Mm. I do believe that just because we don't see, smell, hear, taste, or feel something doesn't mean it's not there. Mm. And I found for my life and, and working with lots of clients that what we don't know about ourselves tends to really really control and dominate our life. So becoming more emotionally sensitive, uh, you know, breaking the threshold of my numbness has been, I think, my biggest breakthrough. And and just adding on to that, giving myself permission to feel hurt, Mm. giving myself permission to not know, giving myself permission to say, I don't feel okay right now, has ironically made me feel much more okay. Is like giving myself permission right. to be a human is just somehow just acknowledging
0: it, I think when we acknowledge what we're feeling, yeah man it it relieves some of the pain, I think
2: for sure, and I think it when we acknowledge ourselves, like how am I actually feeling right now that's self acceptance mm-hmm. I mean it really is, but to me, I've done so much self rejection like uh, oh yeah, I feel sad, I'm not supposed to feel sad, real men don't feel sad, uh, you know, I'd be invalidated if I had you know challenging emotions when I was a kid so it's just not okay but Mm. that's like all self rejection and man I don't know if there's anything more painful or tormenting Mm. than self rejection especially self rejection that turns
0: into numbness then what were you numbing from Mm. or rejecting
2: yeah that's a good question I think I was uh a couple things I was Re- rejecting my emotional experiences that made me feel unstable because when i grew up you know my 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 family from the outside like so many other families oh, looks like a good family eh, nothing is as it seems mm-hmm. but there were challenges inside the family you know some substance abuse uh, marital issues with my parents they were you know getting divorced not getting divorced separating moving out um a lot of slinky like effects throughout my childhood. So what that equaled to me is instability. So it didn't feel safe for me to feel unsafe emotions. It wasn't safe enough to feel unsafe, uh, unsafe emotions. So at a, not a conscious level, but just sort of like a reactive unconscious level, uh, I took on the mission. Like I need to be the stable one, mm-hmm. one, because it doesn't feel safe enough for me to feel un- my unstable feelings. Like, Sadness? No way. Oh, Family's breaking apart. I don't feel sad about it Mm. because I didn't feel safe enough to go into the unsafe emotions. And then I think, you know, all people are way more intuitive than what we can comprehend, uh, including myself. So, you know, a lot of family secrets in my family. And I think a secret is just an illusion when we realize, like, we're very intuitive beings. Like, we feel the energy of it. It's like... It's hard to lie. it, It is. Like, we've all walked into a room and it's like, wow, there's tension here. Yeah. I don't necessarily intellectually know why there's tension or what's going on. Something's off, yeah. Man, the heart never lies. We feel something. So... At that kind of feeling level, feeling intuitive level, I would feel like there's instability in my family. So I want to stabilize my family. So instead of being a freaking child, I took on the role of being the stable adult. Mm-hmm. which and, and now I'm in a place of learning to be a child for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think it was Picasso who said, it takes a long time to become young. And I was like, "Wow, I, that's true for me." Mm. You know, I I was a kid, but I didn't necessarily give myself permission to have a
0: childhood to play, to absolutely to joke around, to have fun. Yeah, man.
2: And it, to me, that play, joking around, having fun—that's where the quality of life comes in. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also so much connection to ourself when we when we can kind of unwind and have an exhale of our being enough that it's like ah. Oh, I can play. I it, it, and you know, I love watching children play because you just see how connected they are. I mean, it's like sometimes they're connected like in their own little world, like whatever realm they're in. But also playfulness is part of what integrates them into their tribe. It's it's a it's like a language of connection itself from my mm-hmm. delusional point of view.
0: Right, right. So did you feel like you were living a serious life all in your twenties and how old are you, thirty five or 35, yeah.
2: You're very intuitive. Mm.
0: Sure, yeah. <laughs> I try to be unattached. Uh, yeah, so were you pretty, you know, were you like a big adult then when you were in your 20s and early 30s until you started taking on this new kind of playful role and persona? Uh,
2: yes. Uh, I would say I definitely was taking myself and life too seriously and I would say I, I was very playful on the surface, mm. not a deep playfulness. So every, you know, ever since I can remember just a super young child, I've had a sense of humor, mm-hmm. which can be, it's like, oh, that looks playful. Well, mm. is it? My sense of humor, I think, was developed because it helped me compensate for my pain. You know, If I felt insignificant inside, which, yes, I did during, during my childhood, I learned if I can make someone laugh, it feels like they value me. Mm-hmm. And if it feels like they value me, then it means I'm significant. And if I'm significant cause cause I just made them laugh, then I don't feel this sense of insignificant uh insignificance that I'm relentlessly trying to escape from mm-hmm. within myself. So what that means is I became addicted to making people laugh. It's just kind of like my survival strategy. And I think the the good thing about that mm. is it helped train me in sort of like the becoming a black belt of comedy, you know, thousands and thousands of tons of thousands of repetitions of reading people, what's going to make this person laugh, figure it out super quick and then make them laugh. Mm-hmm. It's just so much practice. Yeah. So I think there was the illusion of playfulness and and now as i'm doing my best to not escape myself but go deeper into myself in this phase of life uh, i i prayerfully hope and i think but of course i don't like to believe everything i think i think now my humor is it's flipped where now it's engineered to embrace myself and using humor to invite other people to embrace themselves rather than deflect from themselves. Because I I think humor is powerful. I think it's a very powerful energy. You can use it to hurt people. You can use it to help people. You can use it. Absolutely. I think it has very much an alchemist healing energy, where if you can laugh about something, not in a shameful way, but in a way where you have a new awareness and a new perspective of that something, I think it alchemizes, and it can completely transform the experience of it.
0: How has your business evolved? I mean, when did you start taking on this character doing these videos?
2: Yeah, October 4th, 2014 was the first
0: comedy. Yeah, it's two and a half years ago. Yeah. And a little less than two and a half years ago. And was your business as a life coach doing pretty well before then?
2: Yeah, it was doing pretty well. Oh. Uh, in, And I wanted it to do even better. Sure. It's like, you know, my schedule was pretty full with one-on-one clients, but it could be more full. So... Yes. I started my YouTube channel with the intention of like let me get more exposure and get more clients right. into my business and and for the first year and a half of doing YouTube it was just all sincere life advice videos right. coming from my heart mm-hmm. topics like how to heal depression that kind of yeah, stuff yeah. then about a year and a half into it I just I could no longer betray the comedic <laughs> part of sure, me sure. it's like like we said earlier that's not. It, all of who I am, but it's a part of me. So, uh, once I started to allow my sense of humor to come out on camera, man, that I thought it was going to be the worst thing ever for my business. I was wrong, really? that, and that taught me don't believe everything you think, JP. Right. But it 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 made my my schedule more than full, mm. and I for too long was I getting clients. yeah, wow. getting clients, um, and I it, it took me a long time to figure out how to say like, I can't see you next week. I can see you in six weeks or I can see you in eight weeks. And then, you know, other aspects of how the business has changed, uh, you know, so many doors of opportunity Mm. have, I've been blessed with doors of opportunity to open publishers approaching me to do a book, uh, you know, TV show stuff in the works, Speaking gigs, uh, Speaking things, yeah. gigs, performing gigs, and, and other stuff down the pipeline. So, you know, now the, the client business, I've had to uh, take a step away from it. Um, just there's so much else that feels purposeful to
0: fertilize in the garden of my career right now at this time. Right. Wow. Now, when you were taking on these new clients who found you from this kind of humorous point of view, were they able to take you seriously or were they able to – heal themselves or go through different challenges in a certain way? Or is it more like, is he the character or is he coaching me or?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, pl- plenty of people didn't know how to take me. And they were like, J.B., I, I don't know how to understand you. And it's like, what do you think it's like living with me? I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know how to take me. But the ones who would, you know, they mm. find my comedy videos and then from there, some of them would find, oh, you have serious videos too. So the ones that came to me as a client, they they were ready to do the work. They mm. they figured it out like, yes, there is a very sincere offering from this goofy, delusional redhead. Right. Um, so, yeah, they, and a lot of them didn't know what to expect, but they knew it was a sincere offering.
1: Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.
3: Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at Capella.edu slash accreditation.
0: Got it, got it. And do you feel like they got more results based on your brand or persona of being kind of this bigger personality? Well, in a way, yes. I think the part of the bigger
2: personality, the mm. the comedy side, people could relate to that. Yeah. I mean, we all we all know sort of the the precious spiritual teachers, self-growth teachers. And I don't mean precious in a bad way, but just precious. Mm. Like there's really no playfulness about them. And that's great, but not everybody can relate to that. So people were seeing me like there here's this this Yahoo and he it, it kind of makes him real. Like he he can laugh at himself. He can laugh at me in, in like a, a good way, not a shaming way. So I think that helped get people in the door that otherwise weren't able to relate to the idea of helping themselves grow and heal inside
0: their heart. Right. Do you wish you would have done this sooner?
2: Man, that it's a tricky game, playing with the illusion of time. And I'm going to give you two answers, probably because I'm afraid of being wrong. So <laughs> let, let me cover all my bases. <laughs> um, part of me would say yes. Uh, and to be honest with you, I alluded to it. Uh, a minute ago, I really sold myself a story that said mm. my humor on a professional level is bad for business. It will be bad for business. So
0: really? Yeah. Got
2: yeah. You. So there's a part of me that would say, ah, I-, I wish I would have taken off the chains of restriction earlier. And then there's another part of me that I- I'm just so hungry to be myself, express myself and help other people embrace just their own weird self. And I don't think I would have this hunger and passion and what really, really feels like, a uh, uh, a, a, a never ending stream of energy inside of me. I don't think I would be in touch with this if I wasn't voided of it for so long. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's kind of like I, part of me was locked in the basement of my own self for long enough, not seeing the light of day. And now after a number of years it's like ah oh, I'm outside and I so appreciate this beautiful gift of being yeah. free in this world where I can do anything I want and I can, you know, tire tirelessly go after my purpose. So with all of that said, you know, and I'm I love to hear your perspective on this, I think there is a necessary reason why I needed to betray myself for so long. So, sure. but I'd be curious about your perspective yeah, of
0: that. I think um, I think it all comes at the right time. You know, if I would have started my podcast sooner, I don't think I would have been ready for it. Yeah, I don't think I would have had the skills necessary. I don't think I would have known what to do with some of the information I was getting and the interviews. And yeah. um, so, I think it all is in perfect timing. But I think we need to listen to when that. When we feel called forth to do something, we shouldn't reject it for too long. Yeah, you know. So if you would have heard this calling three years ago and just waited until now, I think you would have been doing yourself a disservice. For sure. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how long you were kind of feeling like this urge to do like a funny video or just like come out with humor, but it sounds like it came out at the right time and specifically when people wanted it, and also timing with technology. You know, Facebook. Native video coming out, yeah. you know, things going viral in a sense. Maybe you wouldn't have done as well if you did three years earlier. So. That, man. I've, or maybe you wouldn't have gotten the traction that would have inspired you to keep going or something, you know.
2: The, I, I think that's a yeah. beautiful perspective. Can I ask, uh, how many years ago was it that you started to really shine with your offering of helping
0: empower people? I mean, say about four and a half four years ago I started the podcast and about four and a half, five years ago, I really wanted to transition into the the other business I was doing into kind of really helping more people. Yeah. Not just creating like social media courses, which which we were doing, but really tapping into the essence and heart of individuals and figuring out how I could serve on a bigger platform as opposed to just one-on-one. Yeah, And, uh, you know, awaken myself with all, you know, the reason I interview so many people is to work on myself. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I interview people based on what I need the most, man. You know man, what I'm right I mean? There with you. So it's my journey. It's like a selfish reason I'm doing it, but I have a platform so I can get these big names to come on yeah. and like learn their stories and then share it with the world. Cause I feel like it's, um, Every time I was having conversations before my podcast, I was like, "Man, I wish people could hear this." Mm. You know, all these conversations that I was having with leaders, I was just like, "Man, people need to hear this." Yeah, like, and I felt like I was able to hear like secrets from these individuals, stuff they weren't telling anyone. So I was like, "What if I could get people on to share it with the world?" So, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I I, I love your humbleness. I love your humbleness where you can say like. Yeah, I interview people because I need to learn. Yeah. I need to grow. And and you you talk to people out loud so other people can eaves, eavesdrop right. in so, on the conversation, yeah. which is beautiful. Yeah. And I personally think part of what makes you a powerful teacher, a powerful influencer is just that you own it. You own like, hey, I'm here in the muddy swamp working on my yeah. own stuff. I think the the I think it's a thing of the past where People have this mass appeal to the illusion of someone being perfect. put together, perfect. Mm-hmm. Let me talk down on you while I teach you stuff. It's like, man, people want connection, mm-hmm. and they can't connect to someone who's not real. Mm-hmm. And it's I, true. when you and I had a phone call a couple of weeks ago, something I shared with you, and I, it just, man, it really, it's so true for me. I so admire hearing your stories Mm. about vulnerability, you know, abuse you've gone through as a child, adversity with your father's issues. Mm -hmm. It it just inspires me. Like it gives me this sense of permission. Like, yes, it's okay that I have my version of that too. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And that's so liberating.
0: I think it's the most important thing we can do is really talk about the challenges we go through as opposed to never talk about them. Because like you said, we create such a deeper instant connection when we open up and we share and we don't need to be like bawling in tears crying about like everything that's happened to us every moment of our lives but I think when the opportunity arises we should allow ourselves to move into some type of real conversation of the crap that we've gone through when necessary and being discerning and you know knowing the right timing of when to say certain things but you know the, the key to success in life is relationships and the key to successful relationships is vulnerability intimacy yeah. real connection and you can't do that when you're just talking about all the good things for sure so it, it, it,
2: the good things it's, its a great dimension i mm-hmm. mean let's celebrate the good things Absolutely.
0: and man the struggles the challenges the things that we're working on that aren't you know lifting us up to the highest level like what are those things for me, that's what excites me.
2: For sure. And that's that's the opportunity yeah. for growth as well. Mm-hmm. You know, life wouldn't be very exciting if, at least for me, if someone came up and said, Lewis, um, you've hit the peak. Right. Like, you actually can't grow. <laughs> Things cannot get better. They cannot yeah. get more enjoyable. There's not going to be any more mystery in mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. So... Um,
0: might as well die then. It pretty much right. I mean, well, isn't happiness directly related to growth? Like the amount of growth that we have is based on like our level of happiness. I think Tony might have said that or that, someone, but um, I just feel like if we're not growing, we're slowly dying. I I agree, and and
2: I think if our happiness is related to growth, I think our growth and happiness is also related to our willingness to be afraid. Mm. In stepping into the unknown, into mystery, because growth doesn't happen in our comfort zone. It happens in our uncomfortable zone, the mystery of it. And I think it's human nature to be afraid of the unknown. But it's kind of like, wow, if I'm not willing to be afraid and go forward anyway, then I can't grow. And if I can't grow, I can't be happy. So I think it's paradoxical. A willingness to be afraid is directly proportional to the amount of happiness we can get and mm-hmm. and i think a lot of us are too afraid to be afraid so it's like we're we're afraid squared we're afraid to be afraid so we don't move but i think true courage which equals growth which e- equals happiness true courage is i am afraid and i'm the warrior going forward anyway i think mm-hmm. archetypally the warrior is not fearless. I think that is just a fairy tale BS myth. Right. I think the warrior is the one who's connected to his or her heart and feels the fear, yet has the courage to do his or her task anyway, to hear the call to quest and abide by the mission.
0: Mm-hmm. It's gonna be scary going into battle. Yeah. you know, with other people like charging you with guns and knives. For sure,
2: and especially a lot of those guns and knives that are charging us come from our own freaking oh, psyche, self-doubt, yeah. inner Absolutely, critic. man.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you know, that you talk about that. I'm glad you're sharing this because every year in my business, I take on something new that I've never done, and that scares the crap out of me. Mm. Because I feel like, one, I do it for myself because I know that if I just keep doing the same thing every year, I'm going to get bored. Yeah. And my business is only going to grow a certain amount. And I'm not gonna differentiate myself from anyone else in my space if I just yeah. keep doing the same things. Certain things I stay consistent to build momentum. But then I always bring on at least one new thing every year that I've mm. never done that scares the crap out of me or that seems seems like a big challenge. Yeah. And then after we do it, it's like, Okay, now we know how to do this, let's make it better, but let's bring on something else that's new. <laughs> And it scares the crap out of me, but it's like, man, we get to figure something out together. We get to do something that we've never done that seems impossible, but we're going to figure it out,
2: man. And I love that infinity is always bigger than we think it is. And I think infinity is the capacity we have to grow. And I know that sounds a little cliche and airy fairy and abstract yet. I think it's freaking true. Uh, And to me, uh, it's so inspiring to not play it safe in life. Like and I think one of the great curses that someone with success could have is, "Wow, this has worked for me, so I'm gonna keep doing exclusively what has worked for me, but there's no risk in that. there's no growth, and is there happiness uh I think comfort it, there's comfort for sure mm-hmm. and i've from my delusional point of view, I think a lot of people when they're talking about like their the pursuit of happiness. They're, they're saying the word happiness, but they're not talking about happiness. I think they're talking about comfort. I think the direction a lot of people take when they're, quote unquote, pursuing happiness, they're pointed towards comfort. They're mm-hmm. trying to achieve a sense of or comfort. Or
0: acquire something, right? They're trying to achieve or acquire a certain sense of uh, money or freedom or something. They're trying to have it. For sure. And then they'll be happy. For sure. As opposed to the process of just being happy. Yeah,
2: it it is absolutely ridiculous yeah. in my experience. Yeah. Um, have you interviewed Brene Brown?
0: Not yet. I'd love Man, to. I'd, 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 love, I'd to. love to hear that. Yeah.
2: She's one of my favorite authors. Um, I've never read any of her books, but she's not going right. to stop me. She's one of my favorite authors. <laughs> a quote that she has that I absolutely am in love with, and I might be a little bit off, but I might be right on to, but something along the lines of he or she who's willing to be the most uncomfortable not only is the bravest, but rises the highest. Absolutely. And I think rises the highest. She's not talking about like significance and status, though that might come with it. But I think rises the highest in terms of quality of life, mm-hmm. satisfaction, connection with self and other people, and honoring their life purpose. But playing it safe for the comfort, for the status, acquiring. It's like, wow, there's, uh, I think that's the, the repel. Of a great life, even though it's what we create, I think self-preservation, we want safety, self-realization, we want risk. Safety equals death of our self-realization and safety equals life of Mm. our self-preservation. But I think the purpose of life isn't to survive life. I think the purpose of life is to live life. And I think that if we're not willing to scare ourselves to death, then paradoxically, we cannot live our life. Mm. We'll survive our life at best but maybe
0: not even that that's powerful you know I think this is why so many people go through what it you know what we call midlife crisis is because they've been striving for something their whole lives um, to acquire or to achieve and then they get it but they're like I'm not fulfilled I'm not happy and now what do I really need to do it's like they they get some JP and and they're like okay I need to go be like a comedian or I need to do this do the thing I've always wanted to do that I've never taken a risk on Yeah, and then they start to wake up a little
2: Man, that that midlife crisis. I'm a big fan of them. Uh, in fact, I and I'd invite people like don't necessarily wait till midlife. Yeah, right. I think you know it's a kind of a proverbial archetypal passage that I think is always there. It, it's like we can find it, or if we don't, it'll eventually find us. But I think like anything, if we if we're proactive rather than reactive, and go after that crisis of self. I think that becomes a birth canal. I think the midlife crisis, it's a membrane that we go through. And on the other side is not who we think we are. It's not even who we want to be. Mm -hmm. I think much more significant. It's who we actually are. And man, thank God or Santa Claus, whoever's up there. (laughs) Tooth fairy. Yeah. Tooth fairy, the (laughs) doctrine. Do you have a... a Model of the tooth fairy, <laughs> I should. I'm a little offended you didn't <laughs> cater to my religious beliefs exactly. Um, but but thank god it feels so unsatisfying living a life where we're not honoring ourselves. I mean, thank god we eventually, midlife crisis acquire this inner void where we just become so hungry for something more. We may not know what it is, but we know what it's not.
0: True, and mm-hmm. that's just as powerful knowing I don't want this or this isn't what it is or who I am anymore. Yeah. I'm going to go shed that skin and, and step into something new. What would you say is your definition of spirituality? Uh, being connected to
2: something greater than ourself. Uh, you know, maybe at a theoretical level, we say like, oh, we are connected to everything else. All is one, but like, okay, let's be in our lower self here for a second Being connected to something that I think is beyond myself. So yes, I have an ego. I have a sense of separation. Here's JP. Here's Lewis. I'm separate from you. So for me, being connected to something beyond me. And I think what Tony Robbins, he's always talking about contribution. And I think that contribution is being connected to something bigger than us. That can be uh, another person. That's a collective consciousness that's bigger than us it can be our community it can be nature and we can call it god we can call it our higher self we can call it our intuition but something beyond ourselves a connection to it and I, and, I, and i would really differentiate not a theoretical connection not aI think I'm connected to something, yeah, and that makes sense that I would be connected to something greater than me, but I'm talking about a feeling oriented connection mm. like right now I, I feel a connection to you, like this kinship yeah. brothership with you, and it's a beautiful feeling, much different than i than just thinking about the connection, right, right. Do you have a religious practice? I was raised pretend Catholic. Uh, So (laughs) anytime my grandparents were around, my family acted like we went to church every weekend, even though we did. Uh, So uh, I don't have any religious affiliation. Uh, I personally think I love to get little gems of a lot Mm of different religions and, you know, the real ritualistic uh, dogmas. I'm not necessarily saying dogma in a bad way, not necessarily a good way either, but um, leave the, the rest of the dogma to other people, but I love to just like mine the nutrients from any religion, any philosophy. And I personally think so many religions are all saying the exact same thing, but calling it by different names. It's like, we're all looking at the color blue, but we call it by different names. And then we fight over how we're calling the same thing, something different. Um, Man, I'm a big fan of whatever connects us more together that's going to be like some, and, and if that's a religion for a person, great. I, I personally just don't find much sense of connection to myself or other people or that which I think is beyond me through religious practices.
1: Mm-hmm Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.
3: Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.
0: Do you think religion is good? Or is it, isn't it it one of the causes of all the wars?
2: Uh, I think people are the causes of wars. Mm-hmm. I think how people interpret religion is what creates wars. I think religion is just a power potential. And any power potential, just like humor, I think has the potential to be constructive or destructive, connective or disconnective, so, uh, I think uh, a lot of people think they're experiencing a religion, but I think what they're really experiencing is themselves, their values, their judgments, their intolerances, their needs projected onto a religion. And then they justify themselves by saying, Nope, this is the religion. It's not me. Mm-hmm. So, and by the way, we can't question it now. You can't question me. You can't question my sense of certainty because I've just played the trump card. This is the religion. Can't question that. If you question it, I'll get angry because I'll feel, I'll feel threatened about my beliefs. Yeah. yeah, My beliefs, like what I am to the world and what the world is to me. Um, yeah, it's a great question. I'm curious your affiliation with religion. If you have any, that's important to you. I grew up
0: in a religion called Christian science. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was all about, uh, the mind mastering the mind and realizing that we're all spiritual beings. And that we're not physical beings. And so, you know, we, uh, you know, I never had shots growing up. It was like all about not focusing on matter. Yeah. When we put attention on matter, then we become more physical. If we put attention on spirituality and the mind, then we're separate from our physical beings. So non matter matters more than matter matters. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So I grew up uh, in that. There were a lot of, you know, challenges I faced with, um, just understanding it because I'm like, well, well, this is physical. You know. I feel mm-hmm. something, you know, so how is it not? So I was just very confused. But in a lot of ways, it, it set me up for a very powerful life as well in taking my mind to completely different places that my peers were not yeah. willing yeah. to do. And, you know, for an example, my father never celebrated my birthday growing up. Mm. And I didn't understand why, you know, yeah. I'd I go to all these other parties and kids would have cakes and presents and, you know, donkeys and bouncy castles or whatever. And I'm like With donkeys. You had right. There. Yeah. Right. And um, and then my birthday would come around and nothing, mm-hmm. no like celebration, no cake, no party presents, nothing. And I remember, you know, when I was like seven or eight or something, I'd be like, dad, you know, how come we don't celebrate my birthday? And he goes, it's not that we don't want to celebrate you. He said that I don't believe in time. I don't believe in age because your age, I never want you to be limited by how young or how old you are from Mm. going after your dreams. And at the time, all I wanted was cake. So I didn't really care, but it like sunk in eventually. I was like, okay, you know, in my teen years when I was playing sports, I was like, maybe I am the youngest on this team, but I'm not going to let my age hold me back from Mm. like pursuing my dreams and being great on this team. And, you know, when I went after playing professional football and going after business, I was really one of the youngest guys in kind of the industry starting something. And I didn't have a college degree. I didn't have any entrepreneurial experience. I never made money before. But that mindset and belief of, like, it doesn't matter how old or young you are, if you believe it enough, you can create what you want. And so, for me, it was a very powerful mindset teaching, getting raised with this type of philosophy. And there were certain things that I – didn't resonate with, and, yeah. you know, didn't use those it. It kind of like you do with all religions. You take what you like and use it how you can to, yeah. to serve you the best. And, um, uh, but I think it helped me in a lot of ways with my mindset. So,
2: and so you're saying like in the immediate moments in your childhood was like, oh, I want cake and right, right. it's my birthday, but you're saying it's, my birthday isn't really a thing, right? So you didn't necessarily—that
0: was just his thing. That wasn't like the religion's thing. That was just like him.
2: Oh, that was just the religion of fatherhood, <laughs> right? It was—it
0: wasn't like the religion didn't celebrate people's birthdays. I think my dad was just kind of like an extremist, in, okay? In in spirituality and time, you know, he didn't believe in time. You know, there was—it's infinity, right? Yeah. There, there is no start. And, and it's like, it's always been here and always will be here. Yeah. He sounds ultra spiritual, right? right. He, he should be in the book. Yeah. So, so,
2: so the, those beliefs of your father's religious mm-hmm. or not, you, I believe I, I'm hearing you say you didn't necessarily understand or feel the benefit mm-hmm. immediately, what? but the seed was planted Absolutely. and, and you got nutrition from it Absolutely, later on. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So. For me, it was powerful, but I'm not really, I wouldn't say I'm practicing uh, any religion. You know, I've interviewed so many different spiritual leaders and individuals in general. Mm-hmm. The more I learn, I realize that, like, I don't know, the more I learn from everyone, I'm, it, I question everything.
2: Yeah.
0: I question everything, and I realize how, like, ignorant I am to so much yeah. and how ignorant all of us are, really. Man. You know, there is no, in my mind, it's like they're, the answer, I don't have all the answers still. And that one religion can give me all the facts or the foundation. And I don't believe in blind faith just because someone said, yeah, yeah. just trust it because I say so. And because I got a message that says to trust it blindly. Like, I can believe in certain things, you know, that may not be in front of us. You know, that's there's something that might, not, that might be here that I can't see. I yeah. can believe in that because of experiences, because of shared experiences, because of feelings. Um... But a lot of things are hard without uh, blind faith. Just, oh, this story. Trust this story from 4,000 years ago. Trust this story. Trust, yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah. For all the translations and all, <laughs> you know. And like, yeah, potential egoic
2: agendas that so are much attached to yeah, it. Yeah. And, and on that note, it's like I, I really, I'll sound indifferent maybe. Uh, I really don't care what someone's religion is. Yeah. I don't either or their life philosophy what I care about is why it's like someone says oh I'm a Muslim or I'm a Catholic oh, I don't care but why are you and I'm intrigued to learn like what
0: is their why um, do you have a why I, I hope so and if not or yeah. just because you were raised in this and it's what your family and friends do so you do it because you want to feel connected yeah
2: absolutely You know, what is your why does your why serve you I think is another yeah. great question and yeah. And I, I love your notion of question everything. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we should even question. Should we question everything? Sure,
0: I'm open to that. But
2: man, to me, that that is fertilizer of growth. Questioning everything, the the need to be certain, I think it, it shuts down growth. But a willingness to be curious, question everything. And I think when we truly do question everything, especially the things inside of ourself, our beliefs our senses of self, uh, I think that perpetuates us into more of, you know, Brene Brown's discomfort, sure. which I think that's where life happens, not inside of our comfort zone. I think we can retreat there, catch our breath, but then we have to be the hero going and in, in, you know, into their hero's journey outside of our comfort zone, Absolutely. questioning things. Yeah,
0: And I think it's important for us to have a foundation of certain beliefs for ourselves. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, we might just be miserable if we don't know why we're here or what our purpose is. So I think it's important for us to find our own purpose, and that could be yeah. for the purpose for the next six months of our lives, or for the next year. It doesn't have yeah. to be for like for my the rest of my life. Here's my mission. Like, for, for sure, you don't have to know it. And I think a lot of people come to me. Yeah, someone called me recently. It was like I don't know what my purpose is, and she was in tears, like terrified. She's like, I've been trying to find it, and I don't know what it is. How do I find it? Yeah. And that's challenging sometimes, I think, when you don't know why you're here. Yeah. And I'm... I think all of us as kids probably think that, you know, why am I here? You know, yeah. A lot of us kids and a lot of adults are like, why am I here? What's the reason? Yeah.
2: Question for you, um, uh, Lewis, by the way, thank you for being a guest on your own podcast. <laughs> exactly, and yes. Turn the tables <laughs> in and interview. I'm curious, your perspective, how much do you think a person needs to have mm. a conscious sense of what their purpose is?
0: Mm. I think it's important to have a pretty conscious sense to be grounded in a journey you're going on. Yeah. To be grounded in like, okay, here's my journey. Again, for me in school, it was like three-month journeys. It was like, I'm playing football this season, yeah. and here's the mission. At the end of the season, we want to achieve X. So I'm going to work towards reaching the mountain and dropping the ring in the fire or whatever it is. Yeah. And so I think it's important to have you know, a sense of mission and being on a journey and maybe that journey is just discovering your journey yeah maybe it's like i'm just going on for the next six months like eat pray love style you know it's like i don't know what i'm doing so i'm just gonna go figure it out i don't know um but i think if we don't have a direction of where we're heading or where we think we're supposed to be heading then we're just gonna be ping-ponging back and forth on idea and idea and person and person and it's gonna be extremely frustrating if we don't have at least some sort of idea of where we want to go
2: yeah, I I very much agree with that. And not that I need to. It's a beautiful perspective, mm-hmm. irregardless whether I agree with it. And I, from my delusional perspective, I see some people. It seems like their their quest to find their purpose can distract them from their purpose. It's like I don't think necessarily the purpose of our life is to find our purpose. I think you know the purpose of our life is to live our purpose, live our life. And I think sometimes like call it more like at a, uh, intellectual level, like our, our need to look for our purpose at a conceptual level can distract us from living our purpose. It's like our search for the purpose can leave us blind to like, Oh, I'm sitting in my purpose right now. Um, which uh, I don't know. It's like It's like the
0: alchemist. Have you read The Alchemist? No, you no, it?
2: it's definitely on my list of it's books amazing. I should it's have read. It's my
0: book. It's somewhere over here. Yeah, I saw it. Um But the person goes on a journey to find his his riches, right? Mm-hmm. His his gold. He goes on a journey all around the world to f- discover, you know, his his, his wealth, mm-hmm. and he he doesn't find it. And I won't spoil the whole story, but he he comes back home. And realizes that the wealth is underneath a tree in his backyard. Yeah. Like, all the gold in the world is right there. And it was always inside of him, essentially. yeah, He didn't need to go find it. It was always what's inside of you. It's mm. just being, you know, looking down and seeing it. Yeah. And I think, you know, speaking of what you're saying, that it's really important to realize we don't have to go find something. But we, it's just opening up and who, activating who we are. You didn't go yeah. on a journey to find this, you know comedic uh, sense of self, this humorous sense of yourself, you just activated it and open it up and said, let me just try this thing on YouTube and do one video. And you're like, Oh, let me lean into this let me do Mm -hmm. more of it. So I think it's waking up and just being true to what you want to do.
2: For sure. I love that. and and with that, that conscious sense of purpose Mm -hmm. to me, it's, and I love how you, you kind of implied like, have sort of like a present moment connotation. Mm -hmm. Like what you, your story, like we all need to make up stories. This helps form our beliefs in my opinion. At least that's my story about stories. (laughs) But your story about what your purpose is today, Mm -hmm. like have that story. Cause that, that helps connect us to Mm -hmm. this, whatever our purpose really is. We need a story about it, but let that be your story for today. Mm -hmm. Don't let it, don't cement yourself in, for that to be your story of what your purpose is for the rest of your life. And I personally think our purpose is much like anything else that's meaningful. It's constantly growing, expanding, evolving. So if it's like today on, you know, whatever date in 2017, here's my purpose. It's like, wow. Wow. 56-year-old JP is going to be resenting me yeah. if I tried to shackle him mm-hmm. to what I think my purpose is today. But it's like, yeah, marry the purpose today, divorce it tomorrow, yeah. and marry a bigger version of it. That's
0: it. I mean, you know, for me growing up, I wanted to be the best athlete I could be. But then when that ended, it was like, okay, my purpose is over. And I went through a, a time of uncertainty for about a year and a half, two years. It was like, what do I do now for the rest mm-hmm. of my life? Because I had no other... Plans or backups or anything. But then when I said, okay, I'm letting go of this, you know, attachment of like needing to be this athlete and stepping into something new. So many things opened up when I finally surrendered to the need, of that identity or that purpose. That's when actually, everything started to flow towards me for something greater.
2: Yeah. It's kind of like what I heard you say is Mm -hmm. you allowed yourself to shed the skin of who you once were, but it's not who you are anymore. So you shed this old skin of self so that the miracle of who you are now can arise, kind of like the phoenix rising out of the
0: ashes. That's a phoenix.
2: Right on, brother. I'm channeling you all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Phoenix rising from the ashes. I love it, man. What do you feel is your purpose? Uh, What... What's been coming up for
2: me lately is facilitating connection. I mean, I've got to be selfish, much like how you could own. Like I I, I interview people, I do my work because I have so much to learn. Me connecting more to me, more to what I think is my higher self is one of my purposes. And then the heart and soul of my work, the purpose of my work is ultimately to invite people to become more connected and find more meaning in their life. And how are you going to do that? It's a good question. Part of how I do that is expressing perspectives through the language of comedy. And that is just a dimension. And, you know, for the past 10 years, I've been going around the world, teaching a lot of workshops, retreats, uh, classes, and there's something shifting there. Like I've been doing that for a long time, but I've, Mm -hmm. that's been downplayed here the past couple of years while I've been energizing the comedy thing and it was actually January of this year just so just very recently where I became very aware of this shift inside of mm-hmm. me where the comedy feels so much less important to me now. I mean, it'll continue to be a part of my right. career until it's not as uh, hopefully for a while. But I guess I need to be in tune with that. Sure. But there's a shift where. Um, I need to bring myself more full
0: force into the sincere side of my work. Mm, It's almost going back to the beginning.
2: Yeah. Kind of full circle. You know, it's like the, there's been the past two years, this like massive audience building phase. And it's like, okay, now there's that I've gone in the horizontal direction and now full circle back to the vertical dimension. Um, So that's, I feel that in my heart, the shift has already happened. I happened and how that's going to be externalized in my offerings. Um, Those changes have a little bit still yet to be determined exactly how they'll be looking. But that's a change. It's a change that feels so great to me. And yeah, it's a step out of the the comfort zone of exactly what's working well for me the past couple of years. So anyway, part of the answer is I'm going to be very excited to discover it.
0: That's cool. And what's your biggest fear?
2: My biggest fear is
0: losing myself. It
2: it really is. There's, um, I mean, and I know you have a degree of fame and notoriety as well. And my ego scares the crap out of me. Mm. I mean, just like Going to a coffee shop and having a bunch of people come up want to take pictures of me, uh, with me. It's I mean there there's like so much gratitude. I feel like wow, I so appreciate significance too, right? Yeah, yeah. The interior, so the heart the, says gratitude, kid. Heart says gratitude, and then the ego says <laughs> significance. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you've seen the movie The Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Yeah. So. That says so much to me about what happens inside of me. Like, you know, Frodo was the only one who could carry the ring.
0: He didn't have the ego.
2: Yeah. It, and it was still challenging for him, but everybody else would be consumed. They would lose themselves feeding off this thing that can't possibly satiate you. So um, it scares me, the idea that I would lose myself in pursuit of significance and recognition that's not where my heart's at, but it's a temptation of my ego. And I find, you know, uh, do I want to enjoy kind of the the accolades? Yes. Do I want to nurture myself off of them? Uh, that That's like eating junk food. It's like living off junk food, yet junk food can taste very sweet. It, it can taste very good. So,
0: so just don't go to coffee shops then. It's it's stay inside all day.
2: I'm trying to acquire agoraphobia. I yeah. uh, just to keep myself safe. Um but you know to be honest with you I love being afraid of losing myself because to me it's like a healthy ego check. I I it would actually frighten me more if I wasn't afraid. And and at the risk of sounding like I'm deflecting from the beautiful question I'm curious you know, with the fame and recognition you've acquired, how how do you deal with it? And how, if at all, do you feel
0: challenged by it? Mm, that's a good question. Because I would, you know, if I'm looking at myself, I would think that I actually had a bigger ego like earlier in my 20s and in my mid-20s yeah. than what I do now. Now, maybe my team or some people around me would say I, I still have a, a big ego. I like to think that I ground myself i'm very grateful um i'm humble you know as much as i can be but i'm sure there's i'm I'm more humble than you you are you're competitively more humble than me (laughs) sorry but i think that um you know i'm also a very confident guy and i think that that people can take it the wrong way sometimes so i know inside that every morning you know i'm the best meditator in the world better than you and um i'm able to you know be more grateful than everyone else in my practice. No, but it's, seriously, I, I feel like I'm constantly aware of it. I'm constantly aware of like, okay, was I a jerk? Or was I an, an a-hole or was right. I like leading with my ego or was that just me being a confident human being yeah. and being in certainty? And so I think there's like a fine line and I could obsess over it. Like, yeah. Oh, was I too egotistical or too confident Am I, did I hurt someone in this way. Like I'm also just going to lean into being myself and lifting others up as much as possible. I love that. And not worrying about like if I offended so many people and how I said some certain things, so I do my best to, you know, show compassion and humility when I can, and and I hope that others can see that, and I think that pe- the right people can, and maybe the wrong, you know, the people who aren't open to that or have their own challenges aren't able to see that, and they think I'm an egomaniac. For all I know, so yeah, um, I'm not sure what the full question was, but yeah, well. Uh, Am I afraid that I'm gonna have any e- bigger ego? Is that one of the questions? I think that it's funny because my COO, my one of my best friends, who's like, some big opportunities are coming up, which I know are happening for you too. And he's like, when this happens, don't let your ego like mm. consume you and mm. make you someone different. And I don't feel like. I'm any different than what I was, you yeah. know, growing up. I feel like being from Ohio, we have the best state obviously. So uh,
2: the, the, in the second best football team, apparently.
0: <laughs> never, yeah. So, or fourth, best, whatever. right? Exactly. So for me, I feel like I surround myself with people who are grounded, who yeah. are much more grounded and humble than I am. And they constantly keep me in check, you know? Yeah.
2: And I, one of the things I loved about your thoughts on the question is, um, how you part of your answer was in the form of a question where you consider like, did I lead with my ego or was Mm -hmm. that just confidence? And I love your lack of certainty around that part. Mm -hmm. To me, that's like the, to me, a sense of certainty is almost the sign of like poor mental health. (laughs) But the sign of curiosity for Mm -hmm. me is the sign of a healthy ego. And then, you know, surrounding yourself with people who, uh you know, you trust, who care genuinely right. for you, not what you're doing, but more for you, right.
0: uh, that sounds very, it's very important for me as yeah. well. Yeah, so who knows? It's a fun journey, though. Yeah. I'm excited <laughs> about everything, every day. And I think that, you know, I think luckily, like, you know, an audience didn't just drop on me like this big audience sure. overnight. It's like a, a slow growth, and so, you know, when a couple people recognize me out, it's not like a thousand people are swarming sure. to me every day. It's like a few people are like, "Oh, I love your podcast, you know, so it's not yeah. like this, I'm a God or something <laughs> feeling. It's like, "Oh, thank you for acknowledging that you enjoyed like an interview, so for sure. it's not a a big deal for me, but yeah, um, what's a question you wish more people asked you that they don't ask?
2: Yeah, it's a good question uh here's what comes up. What do you think the source of true power is? Yeah, it's an easy question to ask, well, what the hell is the answer? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is the answer for you?
2: Um, what is the source of true power? Surrender. Yeah, for me, surrender. It's something where, you know, kind of our buzzword at the moment is ego. Surrender feels very powerless from my ego's perspective. But I think from the heart and spirit, surrender is true power. The illusion of power control to me. Surrender is true power. And I think that means we're not powered by, uh, a, uh, ourself, if you will. I think it means we're powered by a source beyond self, like whatever it is we're connected to, whatever we want to call it, nature, God, Santa Claus, tooth fairy raised in Lewis's household. Um, yeah. I've got to go with surrender. It's it's never worked against me. It's always worked for me. Yet it's still intimidating to get into that place of essentially letting go, mm-hmm. letting go and letting God. I don't know who said that. Maybe Joseph Campbell. Probably. Let's just say Joseph Campbell. That's <laughs> credibility. Yeah. Right. Uh, was such a source of power.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I would say vulnerability for me is the source of power. Yeah, and it's I would similar to surrender. Yeah,
2: I would say we're actually.
0: Almost saying the same thing is yeah. just spelled differently. Yeah. I mean, maybe not in like, if you're actually in war, you don't want to just sit there like with no guns, <laughs> let someone like kill you. But in general, I think like emotional vulnerability. For sure. Uh, in, with human conversations is like a source of a sense of power and a source of like actually intimacy and connection where again, I think you create the deepest relationships from that space as opposed to I'm perfect. I know everything. Yeah. I'm going to control you. That's not a sense of power. So I agree with you there. This question is called the three truths. Mm. Three truths. So you've done uh, every video you've ever want to put out there. You've written all the books you want to write. And it's the last day for you many years from now. Yeah. And for whatever reason, all your videos are erased and your books are erased from time. And you have a piece of paper and a pen to write down three things you know to be true about... All the things you've learned in life that you would pass on, and that's the only thing people would have to remember you by, is this piece of paper with three things you know to be true. What would your be? What would be your three truths?
1: Mm.
2: Number one: always be yourself. Never apologize for it. Um, uh, number two: I think would be um, breathe with pain. Breathe with your pain. Don't avoid it. Um, and number three, stay connected. And I know that's kind of vague, but screw it. I'm, yeah, that feels good, for, good to me right now. And I would, and I love that question. I, yeah. what, I think what you did there, you beautiful, tricky man, <laughs> is, is you got me in touch with advice that I need to hear right now. Mm-hmm. Man, I love that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a true life coach, right? <laughs> Is, am I in your funnel system now, <laughs> Exactly. <Lewis? laughs> uh, I want to make sure people get the book, How to Be Ultra Spiritual, 12 Steps to Spiritual Superiority by J.P. Sears. You guys can get it right now online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, where books are sold everywhere in the U.S. and on Amazon if you're international, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. So make sure you guys go get the book. If you enjoyed this interview, share it out, and uh, you'll love this book. It's going to make you laugh. It's going to make you think. Um, There's some great quotes on here. Holy Mother of God said it combines the wisdom of bearded Jesus with the playfulness of baby Jesus. The universe said that it's funnier than the law of karma. (laughs) Buddha said I got really attached to this book, uh, Krishna, uh, which is the Indian god. Is that right? Uh, something God, something like, like that. Something like that, yeah. Is um, JP is the honey badger of the spiritual kingdom. So make sure you guys get this book. I know you'll laugh a lot and it'll be very insightful. Um, before I ask the final question, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, JP, for your incredible gift of actually awakening to who you are hmm. and revealing yourself to the world. Because... It sounds like to me you were trapped in someone who you weren't for many years pretending and now you're not pretending anymore. Mm-hmm. And look what you've created based on your beautiful gift that you brought to the world. You've created such light, humor, and most importantly, freedom for a lot of people's pain and suffering from the work you do, your speeches, this book, the videos you put out there. So I acknowledge you for finally opening up to who you truly are. Mm-hmm. and giving the rest of us permission to do the same. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, brother. It f- yeah. I, it feels
2: good being. Oh, that, that's good karma right there. <laughs> it was. It, yeah, it uh, you blew me away there with it. But, <laughs> but it feels very good being seen by you. Course, I appreciate man. you for yeah, that. Of course, man.
0: Yeah. Uh the final question is actually before I ask the final question, where do you like to hang out most online? Where can people connect with you and say hi?
2: Yeah, you know, all my social media handles are awaken with JP. Okay. Uh, I tend to hang out everywhere. I mean, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, amongst the
0: other places. Sure, sure. But make sure you guys watch his videos. Uh, and if you can watch one of them without laughing, then uh, I'll give you a high five. <laughs> there you go. Um, awaken with JP, correct? Right? Yeah. Cool. So, last question is what's your definition of greatness? You know, I'm going to, I have to
2: play the card being your freaking self. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's easier said than done. I think it's one of the proverbial journeys, not a destination. It's always a present moment work in progress, but I think greatness comes from not necessarily what we do, though we can do great things, Mm -hmm. not necessarily, you know, the, 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 uh, credentials we acquire but I think greatness comes from what we are mm. and being ourself I think allows us to express what we are mm. JP thanks for coming
0: on man. Lewis, I appreciate it's a pl- you I appreciate pleasure you. brother Thanks. Man. there you have it guys I hope you enjoyed this one if you enjoyed it as much as me then let me know at Lewis House. send me a message over on Instagram or Twitter and connect with me and JP Sears as well and share this with your friends. lewishousecom slash 454. Get it out to the world. Again, we did a a video recently on one of JP's videos and I think it's up to like 7 million views already. So make sure to check him out on Facebook. Check out the video where I've got a cameo in and um, let me know what you think of how good of a job I did as acting in one of his videos. And yeah, guys, you know, we don't have to be so serious all the time. We don't have to be so strict with ourselves, we can bring humor to our lives. So, allow yourself to play today, allow yourself to add humor to situations that maybe you don't think you're supposed to add humor and see what happens. See what happens and what unfolds for you. It doesn't have to be all so serious, and we can have fun and bring humor to allow for healing. I love you guys very much. I appreciate all that you do to show up with a big heart and taking action. We are not perfect. Lord knows I'm not perfect. I make a lot of mistakes, but I'm always trying to readjust to move forward in a positive way. So I love you guys very much. Make sure to share it out. lewishouse.com slash 454. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.
3: At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.
1: At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom. Crop out. Yada yada.